Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Well, it's been a while since the last episode, and I thought, you know, it's going to be awesome since I got Carlos Stripes, one of the most prominent Latvian journalists, on an interview one. Anate is editing that at the moment, and I thought, hey, yeah, you know, we'll get to talk about the war, about the LGBTQ issues in Latvia, of which there are many, and, well, Carlos is a representative of that community, so... That was interesting, and he's also grown up in Chicago, so that was cool, and I thought that would be an interesting um, sort of position here and, and stuff. But then, well, despite the front line not moving much, weird things happened which I just can't, you know, leave without talking about them. <laughs> to cut everything short, the International Criminal Court in The Hague has now issued an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin along with Russian Children's Rights Commissioner Maria Lvova-Bielova. Russia's president is accused of ordering the illegal deportations of children from the occupied territories of Ukraine, well, because of this war. Because, as far as I get it, you know, they can't really sue and, and put Putin into prison for the war, but because of how the legality works and because if Ukraine has allowed Russia to work for, like, not Russia, but, like, Russian investigators to work in there with the special, specific war crimes, yeah, then that's justified, I suppose. Putin is specifically charged under two paragraphs of the Rome Statute's Article 8, which is unlawful deportation or transfer of unlawful confinement. And uh, the transfer, directly or indirectly, by the occupying power of parts of its own civilian population into the territory it occupies, or the deportation or transfer of all or parts of the population of the occupied territory within or outside its territory. I mean, it's kind of important to be super specific here. And uh, the court says that, quote, there are reasonable grounds to believe that Putin bears individual criminal responsibility for the aforementioned crimes. And uh, yeah, Russia does not deny report deporting Ukrainian children and says this has been necessary for their safety and re-education. The thing is that um, it's very rare that this court actually accuses heads of governments of something. The, the most famous case would be Slobodan Milosevic, but there would, be, there would be others in total, but it's like seven people in general. And this is where I would like to just point out that if, if you know, you can't really blame Putin for the starting the whole war, that would be exceeding their, their capabilities. And... You know, it's hard to pinpoint and catch someone directly for giving any such orders. And it probably, you know, will be complex. I mean, they, they would figure out for what to, to try and pin on Mr. Putin anyways. Except that in this specific case, it was Putin's own egomaniacal narcissism that clearly pinpoints all the situation. Because of this Lvova Belova, right, this lady... Well, yeah, she had a speech with Putin, a meeting, a televised one, where they basically talked about these Ukrainian kids and how they're being re-educated as if they were some sort of design element or, or, or money or something of that sort, like a, like an object, really. I mean, that, that was just awful when, when Putin was like, oh, are the orders doing, are, are my orders being completed? And, and Ms. Belova said, yeah, of course. And basically, Putin just pinned this one down on himself. And that is, I think, the astonishing part of all the situation. Now, of course, the response, the response of this, Kremlin has once again stated that Russia does not recognize the ICC's jurisdiction, 
Quote, we consider the question itself outrageous and unacceptable, said Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov, adding that Russia, like a number of other countries, does not recognize the court's jurisdiction and accordingly any decisions of this sort are negligible for Russia from a legal point of view. Dmitry Medvedev, famous alcoholic and Russia's ex-president, who currently serves as the deputy chair of National Security Council, tweeted, because obviously, that there is no need to explain where this paper should be used, disparaging the arrest warrant with a, a toilet paper emoji. Now, Ms. Belova responded to her own arrest, arrest warrant in a very weird way, and um, she wrote, quote, It's great to know that our work to help our country's children has been noticed by the international community. Which is just... Yeah, why not at this point? Ukrainian Prosecutor General Andriy Kostin called the ICC's move a historic decision for Ukraine and the entire system of international law. Quote, from now on, he writes, the Russian president will have the official status of a suspect in committing an international crime. This means that other world leaders will think thrice before shaking hands with him or sitting down with him at the negotiating table. The world has received a signal that the Russian regime is criminal and its leadership and allies will be brought to justice. So, that's kind of interesting, really. Weirdly enough, is that, um, yeah, weirdly enough is the fact that Simonyan, the greatest propagandist of Russia, on the same level as Solovyov in the, the amount of how much I hate her and how much dumb she is, yeah, she posted a tweet too, which, you know, on, on the first glance, it sounds like a, a threat. If you think about it, she posted, quote, mm-mm. I would like to see the I would like to see that country which arrests Mr. Putin. Like I want to see them one or two minutes later, you know, whatever the the flight time of our nukes is. And if you think about it, this is just your typical uh, threat of of using nuclear weapons, but, if, but 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 once you put your thought into it, what she's saying is that, you know, they should nuke the country which arrests Putin. But Putin would still be in the country when he would be under arrest. So what is she saying that, that, you know, if Putin gets arrested, then you just nuke Putin instantly so that he vaporizes? I don't know, is that... I'm pretty sure she didn't mean it that way, because she is not capable of any coherent thoughts, apparently. Not that she cares, but it's still kind of funny. And at the same time, everyone's panicking about this in the Russian leadership. It's not as simple anymore, because, you know, previously, when... Um, Previously, when people were talking about palace coup, it was quite obvious that Putin's going to be arrested and sent somewhere, but, you know, it would have to be dealt with somehow. You'd have to figure out where to send Putin in his, you know, arrest situation. But no, no, I think it's, well, quite obvious. Pretty simple. You just grab Putin and send him away to any of 123 countries, including my own, by the way, where uh, <laughs> we're, just, we're not just, uh, you know, going to arrest him by Rome conventions, which are added to this whole international criminal court thing, were mandated to arrest him instantly. Of course, you know, there's also no punishment for countries who do not do that. But uh, seeing Putin's paranoia, how he, after some drone attacks by Ukrainians on, on Russian soil, how he started putting up anti-air defenses in Moscow, being afraid of all this, all this stuff personally, I highly doubt he'll go into even friendly countries like Tajikistan, who would definitely send stuff to him. 
Now, he could technically go to the United States, which also hasn't ratified this, but I think, you know, after Biden came out and said that any peace deal that would be with Russia could happen, any removal of sanctions could only happen after, after this decision of international criminal court would be, you know, done, and it would be, you know, Putin would get arrested. Yeah, this, this proves that... Um, any any sort of deals with Putin are out of the window. No one's going to do that now. This is just cemented completely, and two hundred percent. I think I think I don't know. Uh, even if even if this happens, I mean, nope, nope, we're we're out of this because now it's just victory and a new government in Russia, which is something that makes me quite happy because I never thought that Putin would, anyways, obey any deals signed by him. And of course, Russia instantly, then, you know, they yelled all their vitriol against the West and how we're all evil and how this is terrible. But then they went back to saying that how they would, you know, do some nice, some deal could be maybe optional if all the sanctions are removed and, uh, and uh, you know, all these accusations would be also kind of sent away. And this is, this kind of shows all this, all the situation where Russian elites, they might yell at the West the EU and the United States and everyone else for how everyone's degenerate and scum and how we destroy everything that Russia holds sacred or important all the time. But no one of them, you know, sends their kids to study in China. None of them buys homes in India. None of them want to have properties in, in Kazakhstan, which is also not so friendly to them anymore, if you, if you remember. You know, don't, they don't want to go to the stands. No, no, no. They want to send their kids to London, to uh, to Paris, to Italy, with the, with the Lake Como being super popular. And they have they have duchess in California. At the same time, you know, it's kind of this weird hatred attitude, and it's kind of explained by this fact that you know, when I was growing up, my my elderly relatives said that it's kind of their their goal of these Russian elites is is not to not to kind of adopt to the places they want to visit. Visit they they want to spend you know they want their kids to spend some time or something. They're more likely to try to build a little Russia over there and squeeze in their own privileged rights to be existing there. That's kind of their thing. They they just want to you know have all the benefits and joys and happiness of of vacations in Italy and all that stuff. But they don't want to you know follow Italian laws. No, they're too cool for that. They're they're going to do it you know their own way. Which is just, well, just has moved over over any possible sanity that, that could possibly happen. And this is very weird since, you know, because of, because of this whole event that uh, soon, soon there's going to be an anniversary of the annexation of Crimea. And Putin's visiting Crimea and, and there's a whole mess with how that's causing disruption with... All the people who are working there in Russian side, which still, you know, hasn't really changed and such. But uh, he's visiting there. He can't go anywhere else. Meanwhile, the military parade and concert because of Crimean annexation, as I read in Telegram just two minutes ago before I started the recording. Yeah, that's been that's been uh, cancelled. It's interesting since we can clearly see how paranoia really happens and how everything just strikes down into his mind. It's a poison pill for him. It's so bizarre. At the same time, what also could turn interesting somehow is that uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping will visit Russia on March the 20th to 22nd. 
According to Kremlin, the two presidents plan to discuss, quote, issues relevant to the future development of the comprehensive partnership and strategic cooperation between Russia and China, as well as a, quote, number of important bilateral documents. China's foreign ministry, meanwhile, said that Beijing plans to adhere to an objective position of the Ukrainian crisis and play a constructive role in advancing the negotiations. And, um, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe that's going to be, um, bit more difficult now since Xi, you know, he he can do a lot of things and, and I know that he's not the friendliest person to democracy all, all over the place. And, you know, in fact, you know, as recently was visited by uh, some people from Hong Kong. Hi, guys. It was really nice meeting you who uh, came to Latvia. And then I, after that, I read a lot about the protests in, in Hong Kong and how everything there went down. And I see a lot of similarities between situation that happened there and the Baltic way, except that these people also told me that in Hong Kong they feel like they've lost and that's, you know, everyone's just leaving and it's kind of sad. They also told me, and afterwards I read up after about this lie flat movement, which is an interesting thing. Learned a lot of things, but it's also kind of pointing out that Xi's facing his own issues at home and um, his banks, as careful as they are, they, they don't want to work with Putin because of European money, which they really like. So it's a complex situation. I'm really looking forward to this meeting and um, I'm going to figure out what's going to happen there. But yeah, that's it for the shorter news episode today. I'm going to give you an hour-long interview with Carlos Streps soon enough. Carlos is um, very angry sometimes and very anti-Trump. I, I have to warn you because, you know, just in case. Because the thing is, he grew up in Chicago. He has the rights to speak about American politics. I don't, but he does, so... It's a thing, but we mostly talk about Latvia and, and what the Latvian means and everything like that, and that's going to be pretty interesting. But uh, up until then, well, Putin's now officially, officially, you know, there's a warrant on his head. Technically, by the way, United States, although they haven't ratified this whole thing, they have a they have a reward system about these people, so, you know, it's $5 million. $5 million to the person who gets Putin to, to, to court. Amazing. But yeah. That's it for today. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on patreon.com slash border. Thank you for everyone who does. You're the guys who pay my salary because, uh, yeah, I get my monthly income from all of you and from you guys who support me by going to theeasternborder.lv and clicking that donate button there. You can also set up for a recurrent payment or something because uh, advertisements are unreliable and ACOS takes like most of the money that comes from them away for hosting me. And on YouTube, my meager channel there. And I know that some of you listen to me on YouTube. I sadly can't even go and comment on it myself. And I always forget to check that because those videos get auto-uploaded. Every video till the video there gets demonetized instantly. So I just don't pay a lot of attention to that. But hey, guys, if you if you watch me on YouTube, it, it was just weird because how that community has like slowly grown over, over time as well, which was really nice. But yeah, next episode is going to be a longer interview. But this thing was just about shocking. And again, it came at a time where I was really worried and, and kind of tired that I'm, I keep following all these news, but just, just that Bakhmut has turned into a Verdun number two, I think. It's going to be going to be a bit crazy. And as always, remember, happiness is mandatory.